Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye and this week I'm speaking to a body image and mental health advocate, Rafaela Mancuso. Now you may have not heard of Rafaela Mancuso or maybe you have. She posted a Instagram post recently that went viral um, discussing the topic of body positivity and thin privilege and it sparked a big conversation and there was a lot of debate and I think it's an emotive topic and we'll get into it in the in the chat with Rafaela but I really wanted to do a podcast in particular to discuss this because I feel that Instagram captions and sometimes written words can never quite do justice as hearing people's voices and intentions behind their words. So I really hope you enjoyed this discussion. I really hope you are open-minded and um, if you have any questions, you can always find us on at Train Happy Podcast and using the hashtag Train Happy Podcast. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the chat. So welcome to this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Today I am joined by Rafaela Mancuso. Uh, she is a mental health and body image uh, advocate and activist and she wrote a post on social media um, last week now that stirred up quite the conversation about body positivity and particularly talking about the involvement of thin women within body positivity and we're going to get into it in today's episode, but I had shared that post and I had really mixed uh, responses from you. And I felt that so much was getting lost in translation of the post. And, you know, it's like when you're texting your friend and you have something important to say, the best thing is always to hear their voice, hear their tone, hear the intention behind it. So I wanted to invite Rafaela on today to discuss the post, the meaning, and uh, yeah, have a discussion about this topic because I think it's really important. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can have a good chat. So welcome, Rafaela. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. How has the last week been? Because this exploded, right? <laughs> it's been just complete chaos. My friends were checking in, asking how I am, and I just responded, I'm overwhelmed and I'm anxious, and that's the only emotions I'm feeling. <laughs> it's been chaotic because before all of this, I had, you know, a semi-small following of like 9,000 followers, mostly friends, family, community, and I did not expect this to blow up at all, especially in the way that it did. And how are you feeling now? Now that the dust is kind of settling, like you know, almost a week later, I think. How are you feeling now? Yeah, it's, I'm finally calming down a little bit. I'm finally taking a breath and not checking my phone every five seconds to see who commented or who shared or who's messaging me. Um, of course, I'm still getting lots and lots of messages and feedback, but 
the extremes have definitely settled down. So I think I'm able to reflect on what the heck just happened. Yeah. And I suppose this is still like a relatively time we're fresh off kind of this post and the kind of discourse that's happened since. Um, so I thought it would be great in your words to explain to people who are listening who may not have seen your post, what the post said and how it was um, posted and um, yeah, the kind of goal and intention behind the post. Yeah. So I had just gotten back from therapy one day, I was feeling my emotions and I went to my Instagram stories because I saw, I think it was on my explore page, I saw an image of a thin white woman, clearly in the fitness industry, very fit physique. And it appeared that they were like forcing their stomach out to kind of create a belly with some like inspiring quote underneath about how your body is perfect or something about self-love. And it just sparked something in me. It's not the first time I've seen one of those posts. I have been feeling this way for a very long time. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it. So I collected some of the posts that I saw that demonstrated that exact idea and threw them in my stories and just went for it. And I just started explaining my own personal experience of trying to be a content creator on Instagram, how I'm trying to use social media as a platform for my activism and for me to speak up for people who aren't being heard and how I feel like I have a really important message or really valuable life experience that I want to share with other people, but I'm not being heard. And yet these thin white women who are seemingly perfect in regards to the ideal beauty standard that we live in, they get so much attention and praise for sticking out their stomach or showing some stretch marks, which does in fact help people. And I acknowledge that in my post that their work is helping people overcome their, like maybe some insecurities, but that does not encompass all of self-love or especially body positivity which is meant for more marginalized people in the first place such as like fat black women so I was just expressing my frustration and I talked about how a lot of these women can show these imperfections on Instagram and receive so much love and attention for it then they can put on their clothes go out into the world and not be discriminated against, not be dismissed or shamed or harassed because of their bodies, because they do not live in marginalized bodies and they have that massive privilege. And I just want that to be recognized. And the ultimate goal is just, it wasn't even for these influencers to hear my voice. It was more for myself and people who feel the same way as me to feel heard and like that's not the only body that exists that's not the only body that's worthy of love there's so much more than that and as I said I didn't expect anyone to listen I don't even know how it started getting all over the internet I don't know who shared it first um but then it got a lot of controversy and it almost moved 
away from what my original point was and now I'm arguing with people about what body positivity even means and am, am I fat enough to be in body positivity and it's just gone all different directions but it's good that this conversation's being started yeah I think is that what the post was oh and then I made a follow-up post because that one was all just in text and as you said if you're not hearing someone's voice and tone and intentions you could totally misinterpret what they're saying so I did a follow-up video just kind of explaining that I'm not trying to shame anyone here. Everyone is so allowed to be open about their insecurities and love their body. And I'm really just advocating for more marginalized voices to be heard in this space. Yeah, and I think um, the original post I want to discuss, because I do want to touch on some of the criticisms of the post that were fed back to me and that I've kind of since looked into in kind of looking around the conversation that sparked from this post. The original post um, showed the these influencers who all have hundreds of thousands of followers um, posting really popular posts on Instagram. I mean, I personally see them all the time as well. So I know the kind of stuff you're on about. And, and it generally is kind of like a, here's me posed, here's me unposed and kind of, you know, not an every, not, everything you see on Instagram is real and actually like we all have um, curves and wobbly bits and cellulite and all this kind of stuff. So it's trying to normalize things and, and help us get past that point of perfection. And I think what you said in the post is, you acknowledge in the post, which I think is very important in this conversation, is that those posts do help people. And I know that people who follow me like those posts and people who, um, you know, when people talk about my work, they often group me with other people who create this kind of content. And I think it does really resonate with people um, who found it really hard to accept their bodies. And I think one of the criticisms of the post, and I think what people felt upset about, was that I, I think people felt that it was shaming these women by using their content in your post, which was their content, and using them to kind of make a point and without their permission and I think that was the the general criticism I got and people felt was it was unfair to because I think coming at coming at that post with the lens of you know I'm a thin person you know me speaking with that um I could read that post being like I've actually just started to accept my body and these people really help me to accept my body. And now you're telling me that those people aren't allowed to make those content and that that's not enough. And I think, um, so before I start rambling on, two things. Would you make the post in the same way again? Would you use those same images um, to demonstrate the point? And um, what do you, think about the role of those type of images and helping people on their body image and body acceptance journey. That's such a good point. And that is a big criticism I have received and I've thought about and felt shame for. And I had to kind of sit in that discomfort for a second and say, okay, like, do we need to own up some, like, do we need to own up to something? Like, did we do wrong by these women? And I thought about it and like, okay, if I made that post, and didn't include those images, 
it wouldn't have gone anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. or if I tried, some people said like, oh, why didn't you do this privately? Why didn't you just message the influencers privately? And I also talked to the bird's papaya herself about this. And I said to her, I'm like, you wouldn't have seen my message. You have like thousands of messages a day and mine would be at the very bottom of the pile. You would not have seen it. This would have gone nowhere. And as I said to you earlier, this wasn't really about them. Like, yes, it is about like, hey, we need to recognize what's happening here. And I would love if they could acknowledge their privilege, but it was more about the awareness of everyone else watching them and watching me and seeing that they don't have to represent a whole movement or every body and that there's more to it and that there are voices who aren't being heard. So it's interesting in that sense that like, I do feel bad for using their photo without their permission because then some fitness guy used my photo without my permission in a video where he's slamming me and it was really horrible and I hated that. And he had like like millions of followers. So it was just brutal. So I guess in my mind, it was never like, oh, I have this massive platform. I'm going to put these influencers on blast. It was, I have 9,000 followers. I've been talking about this for years. I didn't think it would have been a big deal. If I had known of what was going to happen, yeah, I probably would have messaged all of them, been like, hey, I'm going to make this post. Hope it's okay. Hmm. Um, But I just didn't know. I think it's interesting that you've had like a similar experience. And I think even within my friendship group, um, we, we were divided amongst opinions on this. And, you know, I... I I got where you were coming from and so I defended that with my friend and she was upset with me that I hadn't acknowledged that that had caused other people shame and pain and I I think it's really hard and like you said it's an overarching conversation that wasn't necessarily about these individuals it's mm-hmm. really broad it's a really broad conversation that Um, was just demonstrated but my friend said how would you have felt if my pictures had been used and I had to sit with that as well and kind of think I would have if you were upset I would have been upset for you so but I also get that I think we're gonna make mistakes in, in activism in advocating for people and um I think having these kind of conversations, I'm not sure, I don't know if you can have the conversation to this extent without someone not being okay with it. And (laughs) I think, um, yeah, I think, I think you, I mean, you're speaking about therapy and I know you're a big mental health advocate. And I think one of the things I learned in therapy is like, you can't control how people are going to react to what you put out there and you can't control how they're going to take it. And you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel, I feel like what you're saying here is you didn't understand the extent to what that it would reach. And, and I also imagine, because I, I know that one of the particular people in the post had said that they felt really crushed by it, but I also think they were particularly crushed by 
the response from a community going to their page and therefore and saying you know telling them they were wrong and sending hate and sending things which i which once again you didn't control that i don't think you you didn't tell anyone to go do that you didn't point anyone in that direction i think that was a result of something that you didn't know it's like you pushed the first domino and then all the other dominoes fell and I think you don't know what's gonna, you, you don't truly know what's gonna happen. So I think it's really good we're addressing that part because I think that's the part that people felt hard done by. And I, yeah, so let's get onto this part of those kind of, that kind of content helping people on their body image journey because I think, yeah, I think it can get dis, when you are looking at, looking at this work through the lens of fat activism and and that lens this work can often get dismissed and people think that it's not helping anyone but i think you can go to the posts of the, the accounts mentioned and you look in the comments and people are so encouraged by the this content so mm -hmm. what do you think about that and how do people still yeah how do we um consume this content um with awareness so to kind of acknowledge the first part of what you asked about or like that conversation you had with your friend my post was never meant to shame anyone it wasn't like oh i'm putting these women on blast i'm calling them out here's their photo go attack this was just self-love is for everyone and what these women are doing are amazing and let's also include more voices so even in my mind there was no need to message these women because it wasn't an attack right mm. so I think that's also the difference of opinion like for me it was not it was not trying to be shaming or attacking it was just my own experience and but I understand how other people are very quick to anger because they're seeing these influencers that they love and you're right you go on their comments and there's so much love and gratitude and they see their these people that they admire being challenged and that's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable mm. to have your worldview challenged in a sense and i feel that people are really uncomfortable with being uncomfortable so instead of just sitting in that discomfort they are quick to anger and defensiveness to distance themselves from those feelings so i i see that and i get that and at first when people were messaging me like how dare you i said just read it again like go through and read every word and go slow and if you still don't get it read it again because i and i read it through again i was like no i still stand by everything i said um and it's not meant to be an attack and i'm very very grateful that some of the influencers have seen that and at first i did get some messages from a couple of them that they were hurt um that i was they felt that i was shaming them and then i immediately jumped on the voice notes because as you said right your voice says so much and I just was, oh my God, I am so sorry. I am so, so, so sorry. <laughs> and just apologizing like crazy and trying to explain my perspective. And they were like, oh, oh, I actually hear what you're saying. And I agree with it. And it was massive. Even the Birds Papaya, who has been 
oh, her name's Sarah, who has been <laughs> the most um, wonderful and accepting of what I've been saying, even she said at first that she felt a little defensive and wasn't really sure at first. And then she like, you know, reread re it and thought about it and said, you know what? Like, she's right. Like, this is true. And then her and I were able to have like really meaningful conversations all about this. And the work that they're doing is important. Like, they've all been posting since and they're all still showing their bodies, which is perfect and beautiful because they still are helping to reduce stigma around these quote unquote like problem areas of our body. And that's massive. Even for me, I see this like seemingly perfect woman on Instagram and I can see like, oh, she also has a belly or she also has stretch marks. She also has cellulite. It does make you feel like your body's like slightly more normal. Like maybe you don't need to change these parts of yourself. And so I think I really want to emphasize that I was talking about something different, right? I wasn't trying to slam the work they're doing. It was more about literally the space they're taking up within the community. And I don't want it to be looked at as pie, as if more for one person is less for another, but more as building a longer table for more people to sit at and include everyone. Yes, I love I love that analogy because I think that's it. It's about, it's not saying that you're not allowed to be in that position. It's just saying like, can you extend a hand down to the people beneath you and pull them up with you as we yes. all climb this mountain together and use each other to try and, and to, you know, to, because ultimately this is about, this work is about fighting diet culture. It's about um, pushing back against the beauty standards that we all suffer from. We are all affected by fat phobia, which is like the overarching yeah. thing, right? And the reason that we don't like our cellulite and we are ashamed of our stretch marks and we, you know, worry about being bloated and all these things, it stems from a systemic issue, which is fat phobia. And exactly. that is a form of oppression. Now this, I just want to pause here because this feels big in terms of what we're discussing and if you're new to this work it might feel really overwhelming because it took me a few years to get my head around it I won't lie Rafaela <laughs> so I just want to say that no one's expected there's this Maya Angelou quote is like we do better when we know better and I felt that this conversation was about us trying to know better and that it's not shaming the work of the past it's just saying going forward we could do this even better like, this is great, yes. but it could be even better. And, you know, we can bring that forward. So, yeah, I think let's talk about this issue of fat phobia because it does hurt people. It hurts us all. But I think it's very important to say that it hurts some more than others. Yeah. And those people are plus-size people. And um, I'm going to use the word fat and then this situation I'm using it as a descriptive word and it's a neutral word on this podcast but um for um fat people and those people are discriminated against when they go to the doctors they're not believed their illnesses aren't believed they can't go to the high street and go to any shop and get the clothes they want um you know I've heard stories of people being denied fertility treatment imagine being told you're not allowed to be a mum because of the size of your body like I've heard of that too 
truly the most, one of the most gut-wrenching things I've ever heard. Um, and the extent to which people will go to to, to, to try and access that treatment. Um, you can sit in any seat and know that it's going to be fine if you're thin. And if you're in a, a bigger position, going on a plane is a really um, intense experience because people make comments. Um, you know, a, a uh, person can, you know, we're going to get into privilege, but like, I think it's important that we need to be aware that there are people who experience this fat phobia to a greater extent and yet it does affect us all, particularly, mm -hmm. um, you know, even those of us who are in thin bodies. Um, and I think it's important to say that when people are speaking in the context of body positivity and fat acceptance, when we're talking about thin bodies, I think a lot of people think of like an emaciated figure. And actually, generally it refers to those who are straight size, so those who don't wear plus sizes. So yeah. in the UK, that's about up to kind of like a size 16 to 18. I don't know about Canada. I don't know if your size is a bit different from us either. I think there's, oh, they are slightly different. I think your size is like one above us. So I feel like that makes sense, like around yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's important that um, people can talk about mid-sizing, which we know is like generally like in the UK a 12, 14. Um, and we kind of have like, and then we think those people in the middle are then people who are like size eight, 10, which I think in, the UK, in America is like size two, four, six, eight kind of thing. They're thin. Yeah. And I think it's important to just add into the conversation that when we're talking about thin in this conversation, we're talking about those who are able to shop on the high street, essentially. Is that right? Completely. Yes. No, completely. And that's a massive thing. And it's, it's so interesting because people, like I've been talking about this for so long and which really amplifies my point that people are not being heard. And a lot of my friends are living in bigger bodies or some of them who aren't are aware of fat phobia because they have been speaking about it. So it's so interesting to me that this is like mind blowing to people, but I'm trying to be very like compassionate and like, okay, we just, we all live in a world of diet culture. And you're right, it is going to take people a little bit of time to understand and work through that discomfort. So I think it's really helpful to share like personal experiences. So I'll, I can give like a quick example for myself. So I've never been in a small or straight-sized body. Um, I've always been bigger, but I also now know that I had body dysmorphia. So I don't know what I look like ever which is really tough, but I'm currently in like a small fat body. I wear plus size clothing. And I remember when I was first diagnosed with a mental illness, it was an anxiety disorder. And the doctor didn't want to give me medications. He just told me to eat healthy and exercise. And which was so invalidating. And I know people are going to say like, well, you should eat healthy and exercise. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But if I'm coming to the doctor with crippling anxiety, don't dismiss me because of my body. I know that if a thinner person came in and said, I have crippling anxiety, they wouldn't say, oh, just go eat healthy and exercise. They would actually take their concerns seriously. And I had to go get meds eventually because obviously I wasn't okay. And just going for a run isn't going to fix me. <laughs> so... 
and that's just one situation. I can't even get into clothing. Clothing, I am learning now through therapy that I dismissed my body. I remember the days when I would go to the mall with my girlfriends and I could not find one single thing to fit my body, not even to like, just to fit on my body. And that sucked. And I went through a phase where I only wear hoodies because I didn't want to think about my body. I didn't have to feel self-conscious about my stomach sticking out. I could just hide in a hoodie and focus on my life instead. And so I'm just now, just now starting to find plus size clothing that I love and that fit my body. And I'm starting to realize I like fashion and I like pairing things and expressing myself. And I feel also so sad that my whole life, I truly felt I did not belong in this space, that I could not enjoy my body or I had to always hide myself or shame myself. And yes, people of all sizes have insecurities and can feel so horribly about their body, but it is a difference of systemic oppression, as you were saying, of going to the doctor, of being able to buy clothes at all. It's, especially for people in even bigger bodies, it, the, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And even though I'm discussing this about thin white influencers, I'm listening too, because I need to listen to people who are even more marginalized than myself, especially because now people are listening to me. For the first time, my voice is being heard, and I do not take that for granted. So now I need to pass the mic to those who live in even more marginalized bodies, who do not have a voice, and who need to be heard. And I really thank you for that. And I also, um, I think it's also very poignant and pertinent that I am having you on this podcast and that people will hear your voice because I invited you on this podcast and I'm thin and I'm white and I've always been able to go to the shop and buy clothes for my body. And I am, you know... I, people, people may hear this and hear you and take you seriously for the first time because I'm on this conversation with you. Yes, and that's another thing about like thin privilege and that's where allyship comes in, right? Because some people might say, well, I don't live in a bigger body. I don't know what you want me to do. You can be an ally, right? You can pass the mic and that's exactly what you're doing right now is you are passing the mic to me and letting me express myself and my concerns. And that's massive. And the thing is, people listen to you because they admire you and they also identify with you, right? Especially if someone lives in a body that looks like yours, mm -hmm. that they automatically associate themselves with you and trust you. And therefore, if you are extending and reaching out to someone else, that makes that connection so much easier than if someone else were just to view me directly and think, oh, that person is other. That person is not like me. They don't know me. They don't know my experience. I cannot trust or listen to them. And I think this is such an amazing connection that you've made, right? This is, this is the work right here. And I hope it continues. And I hope even more 
marginalized voices are able to be heard because of this. So let's discuss privilege because you mentioned thin privilege and there we can be multi-privileged humans. So I thought it might be a good way to list our privileges. Um, and I'll go first. <laughs> um, so I'm white, which I think if you've been looking at the news cycle this week, we know is sadly like um, really significant and that's another podcast in itself. I'm thin, I'm able-bodied, um, I'm straight and I have financial security, um, which I haven't always had, but I do now and I recognize that I have that kind of economic privilege. They're just a few things. And I should also say that those privileges don't mean that I haven't struggled with my body image. I haven't struggled with food and, and fitness and liking what I see in the mirror. Those things have felt very real for me and they have been a massive part of my journey. But those things aren't reinforced outside of my own head. So, you know, I can, I don't have like, I don't know, a brand telling me that I can't be part of their crew because I don't fit yeah. close. So I just think those things are very real for me. The things I've experienced are very real for me. But like I said, they're just not true. Not, not, not true. They're just not reinforced when I leave my own house kind of thing. Exactly. Privilege is about how society treats you, not necessarily how you treat yourself. Yes, that's really key. Really key. Right? Because you're right. That's the argument. People say, oh, well, I get skinny shamed a lot. People tell me to eat a burger. People shame me and tell me to gain weight. All of those things are horrible. And yes. not, not fair. And not fair. Not fair. Not okay. Not fair at all. They're not okay. It's horrible. And then people still have the privilege of all the things we talked about, about going on an airplane, fitting in chairs, going to the doctor, getting a job, mm. all these different aspects you have privilege over. And so I think that's something people are really missing or not understanding is that aspect of privilege. Privilege doesn't mean you can't struggle. So for me, my own privileges, I'm also white. I'm living in a first world country English is my mm. first language so accessibility is way easier I don't have a physical disability I am living in a small fat body which is also a privilege because it allows me to be heard just a little bit more than if I were in a larger body that's even more stigmatized um, and because of the color of my skin I'm never gonna receive discrimination or harassment because of my skin color I'm what else do I have what else do we have as, as human oh we're, we're women I mean women eh. but we're cisgender I'm straight so I'm never gonna be attacked for loving who I love it's those things that we do not think about that others have to think about every single moment of their lives mm -hmm. and that's the difference I saw a video today and it was relating to the conversation around racism that is really important right now. And I think one of the things that really hit me, and I know that I'm guilty of it and, you know, I need to get better at it, is when I feel uncomfortable about a topic, whether it be about someone discussing, um, you know, experiencing weight stigma or um, examples of racism or whatever, I'm able to 
turn off my phone, shut down the screen, turn the TV off and go about my day. I don't have to live with that every day. I'm not having to talk about things because they're my true experience. And that's really uncomfortable. And as you mentioned, we all hate discomfort. It's why I'm in therapy because I don't like to be uncomfortable. I like mm. to be happy and positive and in safe spaces where <laughs> everything's shiny and happy and smiley and good. And part of my, my own journey has been learning to be uncomfortable, but also uncomfortable in the sense of the worldview that I have and broadening that worldview and not turning away when things are tough and actually figuring out rather than me just saying like, oh, that's someone else's problem, figuring out like how, how could I help that situation? Could I, what could I do better to prevent that situation from happening in the future? Um, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a massive part of that privilege piece. Um, and I think let's talk about like the practical steps of using that privilege. Cause I felt that your post the great thing about it was, is I think for me, the message I took was like, I just would love people to acknowledge their privilege and then just use it. And just like we said, like pull those other people up to the table and lay them a space, <laughs> you know, um, serve them the food. <laughs> um, and that's something that I, I'm like, I'm really not pretending to be perfect in this situation. Cause like, goodness knows I could do much better, but little things that I am learning through on the way. Um, you know, if people have train happy, so this is the train happy podcast, the, the artwork for the podcast shows people in, from, um, different backgrounds and different ethnicities and doing different sports in different bodies. Just those little things of like, how can I make this feel inclusive and that all people are welcome in this conversation rather than just oh, like it could have just been my face which is a, a white woman and people could only think only think that only white women could identify with the conversations that are being had so I think mm-hmm. those little things are things that they're actually small changes I can make they're not huge they're not massive significant things and it, um I think I think what happens with we need big changes, but it's the small little things we can do to kind of shift the narrative, which um, all build up to being really important. Um, yeah, so- and a lot of people have said that they don't know what to do. They don't know how to be a good ally. They don't know how to lift up marginalized voices. And it's interesting because I don't think that like allyship is like a destination like oh yeah now I'm an ally now it's good I don't need to do anymore I think we're always learning and growing and I even spoke to one of the influencers in the post I wrote and she was quite defensive like very very kind but quite defensive saying that she's already doing a lot for diversity and inclusion and I was like okay that's really great that's amazing and I think there's always like more that we can do and not in the sense that we need to take on the whole world and save it all ourselves but we can always modify what we currently are doing to slightly improve it and that's part of the conversation I think yeah I totally totally agree and I think um 
something we haven't quite touched on and I just wanted to clarify for everyone listening to. So the conversation was kind of around body positivity. And I think I've mentioned this podcast before the differentiation between body positivity, um, body confidence and, you know, body neutrality or self-love. I actually, diff- I outline this in Train Happy in my book. Um, and in there, um, I said that I support the movement, I'm all for it, but I don't consider myself, um, like I don't consider myself in the body positivity movement um, because, you know, that space is in its original, uh, in its origins was meant to be a safe space for um, queer, fat, black activists. And, um, obviously it's massively changed and evolved and grown. And even today I was reading some of the, the posts off the back of your post, kind of saying that like all people should have a voice in body positivity. And I know that there are activists who, who have been doing this work for years and years and years and find that really frustrating. Um, because as we've mentioned, it doesn't acknowledge the privilege that comes with being in that smaller body. And so um, I would love to know what body positivity means to you. And um, just just talking about the differentiation, because I've noticed that you're discussing self-love and body image mm-hmm. as opposed to using the terminology of body positivity itself. Exactly, because I used to use the term body positivity because I also didn't really know what it meant. I mean, it sounds like a great word, positive about your body, like sign me up, right? Yeah. And then as I was learning more and more about it, I started feeling more uncomfortable, like, oh, do I fit in here? Like, do I not fit in? And just really being afraid of taking up space where maybe I don't belong. And it's not that, oh, not everyone should love themselves. No one should be positive about their bodies except for marginalized people. That's not it at all this was just originated for marginalized people, including fat people, people of color, disabled people, queer people, right? Like, as you said, and because it has evolved into, someone said it, and I'm going to say it again, like a thin-washed, white-washed movement, and people are saying, yeah, but it's inclusive now, let's include everyone. Okay, but if you went to the hashtag body positivity, what are you going to see? You are just going to see thin white women mostly and what about you know a fat black influencer how many of those do you know like could you name those off the top of your head I sure can't (laughs) so you did some stories on this and I was I wanted to discuss that on the podcast because I was like oh that's such a great challenge so can you repeat what you said and I want everyone to like mentally do the challenge in their head let's do it let's do it together so because a lot of people were saying, no, body positivity is for everyone, everyone belongs in this space, I wanted to do a little game, a little challenge to kind of get people thinking. So I want you, without looking at your phone or any social media, to name three fat black influencers. And do not name Lizzo because she's a celebrity, <laughs> she does not count. Some people said Oprah, she also does not count, and which also proves this. And then, okay, if you've done that, now name three thin white influencers. It should be instant for almost all of us. And that's also not just in the body positivity space. That's influencers 
in general. That's like exactly. travel exactly. influencers, fashion influencers. Um, I don't know what other type of influencers there are. Exactly. That's exactly it. People were naming all different kinds of influencers from all different spaces. But for the black influencers, a lot of Lizzo's, a lot of, like, I got some Michelle Obama's. Like, some people just had no idea, just mm-hmm. no idea. And people, it, it really shocked them to see, holy, I thought I was in a diverse community, and I'm really not. And that's the thing. So it's like, I would love to say, yep, body positivity has evolved. It's for everyone. But we ha- have left the marginalized people behind. It's, they're not in the conversation. If they were, that would be nice. That would be okay. But they're not. And I don't feel comfortable dealing one more thing from people of color. Like, do I need the words body positivity? No. Why can't we come up with a new term that encompasses what we all think body positivity means? You yeah. know, why can't we come with a new term that is really inclusive of all people so that body positivity can be an empowering movement for marginalized bodies Mm. and I'm going to leave a list of people in the like show notes for everyone to go follow if you struggle to answer that question because um that's that's one of the key learnings for me was like and I saw the birth papaya response on her stories was like okay so go scroll your own social media feed so not not just generally Instagram but who you actively follow right now go scroll that and then tell me when you come across um a plus size person tell me when you come across um a person of color and those people are few and far between um compared to how many thin white people are just generally at the top of the influencer game um and I think and I think that's also just like and I I was about to say it's not anyone's fault it is absolutely everyone's fault but it's a systemic fault because that imagine that conversation and just generally like who's at the top in the the most positions of power in the world right who has the most influence and power outside of social media um generally that those spaces are reserved for thin white people in general I mean thin white men even more so so I think um that Instagram is just a reflection of the world that we live in but if we could make Instagram a reflection of the world we want to live in then that might change what else is going on outside of our phones. And I think and that's, that's exactly it. You know, it, it is, it is a societal issue because people, they get defensive. They say, Oh, well, it's cause I just don't know anyone else. And these are the people I know. It's like, yeah, but you know them because you find their appearance like appealing to you. They don't test you or they don't, it doesn't feel challenging mm. to view their content. So you have to actively change that. It's not going to be easy. It's not a natural thing. And it's not our fault, fault, right? In, in the same sense you're saying is that it's naturally coming up that we see white people because we're, we're not told to actively diversify our feeds until now. Now we're saying, okay, the world is such a diverse place. And in the world, you're right, we only see like white men, but that's not a real representation of the world. And so it's time to change that. Yes. And yeah. And I think that's so important. So I think, um, so from my own experience, I 
I often, by the way, I also always in any press articles, anything when I, my book came out early this year, everything was said that this is a body positivity book. This is a body positivity. She's a body positivity activist and she's a body positivity personal trainer. And I'm very careful to never use that label for myself. I've never once said I am. I've never once claimed to be. Um, but I think it's the misconception that just generally we're like, oh yeah, body positive people are just people who like want to help people celebrate their bodies. Like, um, and be positive about themselves and just like feel good. And um, it's just, there is a differentiation and, you know, like that, that whole thing has been filtered like for so long now. So I also don't blame anyone for, for thinking it was feeling positive about your bodies because that's what we're being told, like in a wider media sense, that's how body positivity is positioned. Mm -hmm. um, so much of it's getting lost. So I also don't want to shame anyone for not knowing that because, um, once again, as we've said, like the people who have been banging this drum for years aren't being heard. Um, and so now we're able to kind of hear from these people and understand it. Um, we, we can do better. Now we know better, we do better. Motto of the podcast, motto of this episode. Yes, exactly. I agree with you. <laughs> um, and I, sh I should just, just add as a PS... Um, do you have the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Have you heard of it? No, but I've heard it's amazing. And I wonder if I could find an audiobook version because I have ADHD, so reading's really tough for me. I just can't pay attention. But I would love to get that information in my brain somehow. <laughs> well, uh, if anyone else is reading it who's listening, I'm not quite finished, but there was one particular story. It's kind of broken up into little stories. So actually, it's quite good to like you like you can read a page and put put it down because that's the section finished oh, okay but um this particular section was called racist and the whole story was um about glennon who's a, a thin white woman discovering racism and white supremacy and how she becomes um enraged and launches into activism and through the activism realizes that she was actually doing a bit she needed to learn to get better um and she spoke about in the context of racism saying it's the air we breathe and I felt there were so many parallels between that story I'm probably not doing the story justice but there's so many parallels between that and I think it's important to say like fat phobia and weight stigma whatever you kind of phrase you use it's the air we breathe unfortunately and often we can consciously think that we we not we don't feel that way anymore and I think you know I think a lot of those influencers who have been sharing this type of content feel like I am accepting of all bodies I, I want people to love themselves and you know but it's the air we breathe right and so you can think you've done some of the work and then because it's so ingrained within us as as people like we realize actually there's more and more work to do and you know I felt that your post was a reminder that it's the air we breathe and we can't get complacent. And I felt like it was about challenging that complacency and just like that we need to keep learning. So I thought I'd add that in there just to this, this chat. Um, well, I appreciate you like seeing that within my posts, right? Like I wasn't, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get across. And so let's talk about pass the mic because you use it a lot. It's a phrase used a lot within activism in general. 
I want to know your thoughts on it. And I want you to tell us how, whether we have a following or not, how we can pass the mic in our lives just in general. Yeah. So a lot of people are getting confused with pass the mic because they're saying, well, I don't actually know anything about what it's like to be a person of color or to be living in a fat body. So how can I speak to these issues? And I'm saying, no, 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 no. That's you speaking into your own mic about something else. You're going to take your mic and you're going to pass it to someone who does not have one, who is already screaming into the abyss and needs to be heard. And it's not saying that you need to throw the mic away, never give it back, never speak into it. It's like, okay, you have this privilege. You have this ability to be heard with your microphone. Use it for what you need and also recognize the person sitting next to you does not have one. It's just mm -hmm. about sharing, not giving up. We're just sharing. We're going to pass it over. Let them be heard themselves. Let them speak their truth and keep that message going and that's something that I think a lot of people have been confused about what that means how they can do it so and people have been coming up to me asking okay great I'm on board now what and I said well you're doing it right now you're messaging me you're opening up asking questions and let's take it step by step you can't just be the perfect ally like in a day it's not gonna happen I'm not a perfect ally I am learning continuously every single day and it's not comfortable it is not comfortable and you feel like you're doing everything wrong but as long as you're willing to learn I think that's the only thing that matters and so for these people in this specific context I said okay I started sharing some accounts that I really love that are not getting recognition to my page go look through them and don't just share people randomly because they're black or because you think oh now you're a good person because you shared a post go and look and see who you connect with and what you want to amplify and speak to and diversify your feeds and if it's uncomfortable great because that means that there's growth within that discomfort and I think I just don't want people to shame themselves that they're not doing it good enough or fast enough. As long as you are willing to listen to others, that's the best thing you can do, in my opinion. Like yesterday, I was posting or sharing some posts um, from Black activists about all the murders taking place in the States of Black men. And I thought, okay, we're good. Amplifying voices. Awesome. And then I had some people reach out to me saying, hey, can you put trigger warnings on those? Mm. Because even though they weren't graphic, because, you know, people in color, as we said before, people in color, people of color are exposed to this all the time. They can't turn off their Instagram and walk away from being black. This is something they have to live with every moment of their lives. And so to go on social media and that's the only thing you see can I can't even imagine how overwhelming that must be and so at first I felt shame like oh my god I thought I was doing a good thing by sharing and I had to sit in that discomfort and be like I'm listening I get it okay now we're gonna do better so the next post I posted trigger warning and that's not saying I'm doing it perfect or now I'm doing it awesome or like it's just saying we need to listen 
allow ourselves to be uncomfortable, do better, keep listening, keep being uncomfortable, because it's not going to stop. We're never going to reach a point where we have everything right. Like even for me, I use the term able-bodied in a post and someone didn't like that. They preferred enabled body. And then someone else didn't like that. They preferred non-disabled body. And that might seem really overwhelming, but it's so good to step back and listen and hear what people are saying because these things matter. Mm -hmm. How you identify or how you refer to someone matters. And I need to put my ego aside and say, ooh, okay, I apologize. My intention wasn't to hurt you and I'm going to do better. Mm. And I think, yeah, it's a lot of humility to acknowledge that. And yeah, like, you know, like I said, holding multiple privileges, there's certain things that I'm just terrified of saying or speaking or doing something because I'm going to get it wrong. And I said before we started recording today, like, I totally understood the sentiments of your post and have felt similarly. And yet, I was really scared to bring up that conversation because I knew it would be challenging. I knew it would be uncomfortable for me and I knew not everyone would like me because of it. Right. And even sharing your posts, people didn't like me because of it. Um, but well, they don't you know, like me either. They well, don't like me either. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I realized to me, that's really important because for me, that discomfort of not being liked or people not being happy with me because of something, um, I can deal with that. But what I can't deal with is the, the systemic oppression. Like I, I can kind of, what's the word I'm trying to look for? I can, um, I can take that hit, right? Because, it's worth it for those people who aren't able to be heard, who are marginalized, who, who can't afford to opt out of the conversation. I can afford to opt in is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, no, I you're so right. And, um, yeah, and it's really hard. And like, my goodness, I, like, it still gives me anxiety. You know, even this podcast may be seen as semi-controversial, right? And, I think I just have to put my ego aside to know that this conversation is bigger than me. It's bigger than my, than my feelings. And just, I'm probably still not getting this all right. And, you know, I am, and I should also add, I think the key thing we haven't said is in your post, it was about calling people in, right? Yeah, not calling people out. Not calling people out. And there is a difference. (laughs) Like there's a difference. Yes. Yes, Um, And that's so important because if someone's getting called out, they go straight to defensive and aggressive and agitated and all those feelings, but bringing someone into the conversation, right? It's not about destroying one table in order to build a table somewhere else. We're just making it bigger. We're calling people in to come take a seat, to come listen. And that was my intention. It might not have come off that way to some people because of their like preconceived notions about the topic, mm. which is so valid. Um, but you're you're so right. And I think it's also fair to give ourselves some self-compassion about our egos because we have kind of been trained that we need the world to validate us. We need that external validation in order to be okay. And you have a massive platform. So 
you have something to lose, right? Let's say if you all, everyone left you, that's, that is a massive thing. And that's something I've been dealing with because I have received a lot of hate, a lot of negativity and I've cried. I'm all, it's like, I've had to go through that process of crying for it. And now I'm coming back to, okay, what I post, like some people might not like it. And Maybe some people won't like if I start talking about mental illness, because that's also something I'm passionate about. But I cannot live my life for others' validation. I have to do what is right for me, and I have to live my life by my own morals and values. So having this conversation aligns perfectly with my morals and values, and that's, this is why this is so important. If I was trying to pretend to be someone else and it's ingenuine and I'm doing it for other people that doesn't bring you real happiness like why would I use my voice or to my energy somewhere what doesn't actually matter yeah and I I totally get that (laughs) and I really like I said I just really appreciate you your bravery because I think it was really brave what you did and and I felt that there were people in the comments who respected that as well. Like they realized you went out, you stuck your neck out, essentially. You stuck your neck out. And um, I think, yeah, it's really important. Now, I saw a, um, a post by uh, someone today called um, Oh Happy Danny. This is absolutely their work. But they said, um, and I thought we could finish the like discussion kind of with this exercise and they said to um think of a present privilege you have so write that down as a list so for me I could say my my body my thin privilege and you kind of draw a column and then in the next column you use what duty can I do to um to what did she say what's what duty can I do to use that privilege to help amplify those who don't have the same privilege, right? So I could write down my privilege and be like, okay, as a thin woman, I can um, celebrate plus-size people on my platform, for example. Um, And as a white woman, I can talk about racism and share the work of black activists. So those are things I could do. And I just, I was like, oh, yes, that's such a pro- like that's such a practical thing because I do think that when you're confronted with all this stuff it's so overwhelming and you're like I've been doing this all wrong am I a terrible person I don't know where to go with all this stuff like this is a lot of information to take on board I don't know what to do how can I be better and I think just literally like writing it down and just really thinking like okay so if I've got that privilege who doesn't have that privilege and how can I help them I was like yes so I wondered. I that's massive. Yeah. That's a massive exercise, especially to have it all written out in front of you. And it's not someone screaming at you about your privilege. It's you doing the self-reflection mm. and recognizing, okay, like I have white privilege. I don't need to worry about the safety of my family every day. Mm. You know, all these things are like, I have thin privilege. I can go to any store and buy anything I want. How can I help people who can't maybe that's by reaching out to companies and asking about them developing more inclusive sizing right like I think we can really get into it instead of just saying well I don't live in that body I can't do anything saying 
what can I use my privilege for? Mm. Yeah. And I think it's like, if you've got it, use it. Like if you've got it, (laughs) use it and use it meaningfully. Um, Because I think you're right. Like, so little things for me, it's just, yeah, it's just saying like, when I, in the this, this fitness influencer space, people, brands may reach out and say, hey, would you promote my activewear? And I'm like, cool, what sizes do you go up to, as you said? And at the moment, we're not getting enough brands with inclusive size ranges, which I think is a disgrace because you're telling, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation of, I get so angry that people throw health and fitness at people in bigger bodies and then expect them to work out in no clothing like oh my god I think that's That's, even for me I'm like I want to move my body I'm like I was going to yoga class I'm like Kate I need some clothes and I'm like I don't want to be in tight restricting clothes I want to be able to move Mm. and I love what that you're talking about that with brands approaching you because that is something that influencers can do right Mm. now when brands approach you can ask them and maybe you're not in a financial position to turn it away but you could say yes I'll work with you and I'm also going to speak up saying that you, that we need to have more sizes, right? It's mm-hmm. not about having to turn away all the opportunities necessarily if that's not what position you're able to be in. It's just about yeah, making these slight changes in order to get the conversation going, in order to have other people be heard. And just asking the questions. I think that's it. And I think like, you know, I've seen um, in different spaces online, like fashion and beauty spaces, I've seen um other creators you know feel like they've only got once like thin white people on like a brand trip to Jamaica or something like that some to some like um, amazing location and they're getting this five-star treatment and just asking the brand like oh why why are there no people of color on this trip um why are there no um people of diverse bodies on this trip and I think it's just asking that question and it doesn't have to be um like like it, it can be done, I think, um, in a constructive way. So, and like, I think there are people who absolutely have every single right to be angry. I think that's really important. Um, but I think if you're able to, yeah, have those conversations and be in positions where you can say, you know, I mean, one of the biggest fitness magazines in the UK is Women's Health, right? Just say like, excuse me, I would, you know, the, the editor has a big profile online, just leave a comment just saying like, I would love you to have um, a person of colour on your cover. I would love you yeah. to have someone in a plus size body on your cover. And that's just a little Instagram comment you can leave. Like they're just little things you can do. And all those things could build up to making a change that you might not even realise that might have just planted a seed in someone. And I'm like, exactly. oh, I, hadn't, I hadn't considered that because a lot of this is because people just haven't considered it because it's outside their life experience and they just haven't considered it. And that's why conversations like this are important because I hope it falls into the hands of someone who needs to hear it or who is willing to let this information in. I'm honestly going to save this and just send it to everyone who comments me like, just go listen, please, please just go listen. (laughs) I really hope it has clarified because yeah, like I said, um, I think I think, like I said, some stuff just gets so misconstrued online and taken completely the wrong way. And it's like, like I said, that's, that's social media and that's phones and everything. And actually like what we really need in general, like even just outside this particular conversation is just to talk to people more and just, and also listening more. 
I think that's something I'm really trying to, to internalize because I love to talk, right? I love to talk. And same, I realized that, like I need to listen to people's experiences and I also need to just not speak for those experiences and let those people tell their experiences, right? Yeah. And um, that's really hard when you are my, you know, though you do those personality tests, mine came back as like an entertainer which doesn't surprise <laughs> at all love to tell the stories love to do this right and that's so, amazing and you can continue <laughs> doing that right yeah but th- when when it's my story to tell and you know making sure that when it's other people's story to tell that they get to tell their story right and I think exactly yeah I think like it's not to say that I'm and I think coming circling back to the point of like it's not to say I'm never allowed to talk about stuff um you know I'm not like I don't consider that I'm not allowed to talk about my bad body image days, but um, I'm doing that in addition to sharing this other stuff. And it's like, they can all exist together. It's not one or the other, it's everything, but just making sure that like, you know, we're not only hearing one experience, only hearing one story. and no, exactly yeah. and I think it's also like if you post a picture of your body acknowledging I live in a privileged body and I have these insecurities mm-hmm. or I'm working on this just that acknowledgement that I know that there are people out there who do not have the same privilege as me mm-hmm. right even that's such a good start to the conversation mm-hmm. yeah um Rafaela, this has been brilliant and you have been so open and warm and great and I really enjoyed having this conversation because I felt like it's a necessary one and something that needs to be said and I never knew the medium in which to articulate this because I like I said Instagram stuff gets so lost and I actually think the podcast is probably the best platform for this yeah I think so, so. Um, people will be able to watch this and listen so you're fine. I'm like, oh my God. No, 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 no. We're not about that at Train Happy Podcast. Um, but I like, I want people to kind of see you and see the intention with which you're saying this. And I just know that you just have such great intentions. So um, thank you so much. Where can people find you? I'm going to link to you in the show notes, but where can people find you? And um, yeah, what's, what's next? What's next? So you can find me on Instagram at Rafaela underscore Mancuso. And I know that's a hard name for people. So yeah, look in the comments or the description. Um, And what's next? It's not going to stop for me. Like, as I said, this isn't new for me. I've been on this advocacy journey for about two years now. And mostly it's about mental illness. So expect some of that to be thrown in there. Expect to be uncomfortable. And just let's all be kind and respectful to one another and learn together. Well, I think we should have you back to talk about mental illness because I think that's also a really important conversation. I talk about, um, I think help, we're talking, this is, you know, predominantly like a health and fitness podcast, so to speak, but there is no health without mental health, right? They are one and of the same. So we definitely should talk about that. Oh my God, Um, I would love to so much. And (laughs) thank you for passing the mic to me because without you I wouldn't be here being able to share my story so that's massive as well well you're so lovely thank you so much and uh if you have enjoyed this episode make sure you can tag us at train happy podcast use the hashtag use the hashtag train happy podcast and I'll see you 
Uh, I'll speak to you, should I say, next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>